0: Uh, we've been starting to invest in something called reinforcement learning which is is a methodology that is specifically good at this like path finding type of problem so instead of thinking about it as like yes i want to find the very best uh, uh, track for you in this moment that will highly likely drive a click thinking about it like what kind of recommendations should we do now that will bring you to this like greater place further down the line
1: Today we're talking to Oscar, the VP personalisation at Spotify, And not only are we having a look at how Spotify have got where they are today, how they've built a platform that is so engaging to their customers, but where are they going? This is Tech Talks, your twice weekly technology podcast powered by the Harvey Nash Group, uh, with me, your host, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news. On today's show, I'm joined by Amber. Uh, Before we dive into the interview with Spotify, just very quickly, I'm disappointed in you, Amber.
2: Oh, no, why's that?
1: You haven't signed up for Gojo.
2: You know what? I actually haven't.
1: No, I know. Well, I know, yeah,
2: you just told me that, so you're completely aware of that. But the reason I didn't... Well... Go on. First and foremost, I completely forgot. And then I realised on, like, the day afterwards, I think, after it started... And I thought, well, I can't do it now because I'll be behind. And I'm so competitive <laughs> that I thought it won't be like a clear reflection of like my actual sort of mileage, although it's only going to be a day out. But I thought, no, it's, it's too late. I've missed the opportunity. So I just didn't bother. <laughs> but we need, we
1: need all the help. We need all the help. So, right. OK, let me give some context because people are going to be listening going, what can, the hell are they, are they about? talking about? Yeah. Ojo is this app, basically, it's like aimed at corporate businesses. So Harvey Nash Group uh, are are basically doing this challenge and all of the different countries within the organization are taking on each other. And it's whichever country can swim, cycle, walk, or run the most kilometers. Um, And I naively thought England are going to win it because we've got loads of staff. Belgium are kicking our asses. Are they really? Mm. And this is not just pride, because the winning team gets to donate money to to uh to a charity of their choice. Harvey Nasher choosing Harvey Nash in, in the U, sorry, in England, I should say, are choosing to raise money for um children in need for Bite Night alongside it. Um and I'll put some stuff out on the Tech Talks um LinkedIn page. But yeah, we are losing to Belgium and I'm blaming you.
2: Yeah, I actually feel really bad now. Um, my sort of pride and my ego made, made me not want to sign up a day late, but now I feel, yeah, pretty bad.
1: Yeah. But you run like in a week, 20 kilometers, maybe 25 kilometers, maybe a bit more than that, actually.
2: Yeah. Well, how far are we behind? Is it, is it like 20, 25 kilometers? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's basically one Amber.
2: Oh yeah now that <laughs> honestly, that's all it was. I knew the day after it started that um that I'd missed it, and I thought, right, well, just you know download the app and 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 sort of get going, and I thought, no, I can't because I've missed a day already, and I'd be really, really bitter if someone were to like to beat me or I was like not high enough in the sort of the leaderboard because of that one day. And it was raining but that You day, could, so you could think... still
1: make a difference. You could still make a difference and close that gap. Oh,
2: you know what? I couldn't join Six Days Late.
1: No. I just, I couldn't do it. There we go. I know, Well, wow. Those poor children, poor vulnerable children on the streets. <laughs> anyway, talking about apps that we can download, let's turn our attention to Spotify. <laughs> so today I'm talking to Oscar. Oscar, you're someone who's been at Spotify for, well, for most of Spotify's story. So it's it's uh, a real pleasure to have you join me on the show today. How are you?
0: Hey, yeah, I'm doing really great. I'm sitting here at uh, home in my basement, as I know a lot of other people are as well uh, these days.
1: Where where is home for you?
0: So I live in a suburb outside Stockholm and I'm lucky to be living in a house so there is a basement where I've been able to create a little like working space uh, that I spend my days uh,
1: I'm I'm hoping it's a basement with a bit of natural light that could be, get a bit cabin cabin fevery.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, a lot of people who I speak to um, on video comment that, but uh, fortunately, there is a big window actually beside. Uh, uh, behind my, my screen so you don't see it when you talk to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so look, Oscar, um, I, I mentioned that you've been at Spotify for a number of years. You've been there for for, for a large part of their journey. What do you do for the organization?
0: Yeah, I, I joined Spotify 11 years. So it's been, you know, my home for a long, long time. And I've seen the company grow from, you know, 100, 100 people to like many thousands today. Uh, and my job is working with uh, personalized uh, content programming. So the way that I think about it is that you have kind of on one side of the table, uh, 356 million users who live in 178 markets. And on the other side of the table, you have all the world's uh, music artists and all the world's uh, podcasters. And my team, we're working on, like, how do we create a perfect match between these two? And and the way we do it is by creating these really, you know, um, Highly personalized listening experiences for our users. So we really think about like how can we do something that is special for you, each of all of you, 356 million people out there. So so this kind of comes to life through, uh, for example, everyone will get their own personalized homepage when you start the app. So when you start the app, you'll see you know some content that we think is relevant to you, but. Actually, every single person is going to get their own version of that. Mm-hmm. And another way that it comes to life is through basically playlists and mixes and, and things that we do for you that are all personalized. You all get your own unique version. Uh, and, and to help me, I have, you know, my team is 400 people. So it's like product managers, engineers, user researchers, designers, data scientists, you know, machine learning experts, etc. And that there's actually also over 100 uh, editors working at Spotify. So we're actually, it's a bit crazy, but we're actually 500 people dedicating to this uh, a part, uh, part of the work.
1: So I'll, I'll start with my bugbear about not Spotify specifically, but all kind of digital, um, I, I suppose, su- substitutes. Uh, for kind of offline services. So I love bookshops. I love going into a bookshop and I love standing in front because I'm a nerd of the science fiction section in a bookshop and browsing through random books and picking stuff out and just kind of not, not, not in a particularly structured way, but quite haphazardly pulling out a book and going, that might be interesting in the same way that I, I like going into a record shop and flicking through stuff that I'm not, don't really know what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for stuff. And I've always felt that on something like Amazon, where you've got books or Spotify or other, you know, and this is not Spotify specific, but it's very hard to replicate that browsing experience. With what you're doing, are you trying to kind of, you're not trying to replace that, but you're trying to kind of, can you bring that randomness and that, that in that slight kind of, I, I suppose, voyage of discovery that is so meaningful to a lot of people who love music or love, love the arts and make sure that your algorithms don't just push you down one avenue or another.
0: Yeah, I think these are really good questions. So if you think about um where Spotify's coming from, that's kind of the 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 place we're coming from. So you know, if you think about Spotify eight years ago, it was very much about that type of experience. You're browsing, you're looking, you're collecting, you're putting things in your playlist, you're, you're looking at artist pages. So, so I think that's very much part of our, our DNA, like being that experience. But what we found over the years is that, you, you know, you don't always have the time to do that and you don't always have the, the energy to, to put in that work. So sometimes you, you do, sometimes you feel like, hey, I wanna spend 15 minutes browsing through this, this uh, area. And, and then Spotify offers that, but it's other times you're like, hey, I'm on the way to pick up the kids and I'm really busy. And this day is not you know the, the best day I have. And that's where we are trying to like step in and actually help you. So what we found is that in many moments or for, for many people, they actually look look for help with that. And that's where we come in.
1: So as I understand it, and, and sorry, I was, I was obviously having a, a research. I was kindly sent through a, a transcript in an episode of a, a talk that you've given before, and this idea of collaborative filtering. Um, so when a large group of users put the same bunch of tracks next to each other on the same types of playlist over and over again, they're telling you that these tracks go well together. How do you make sure that little-known tracks that might be really good recommendations for people to seep through? Cause I could imagine in collaborative filtering it's probably the bigger artists that get put next to each other in those instances.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So, so basically what I would say there is that first of all, like, yeah, that is an important part of it. And, and the way that I think about it is that it's the, the wisdom of the crowd who's coming together to kind of help you. And in the old world, Maybe you would, you know, call a friend who you know is really into, say, EDM and say like, hey, can you tell me what's the best new album that just came out that I should listen to? But in the new world, we're, we're trying to help you. So we're basically, you know, kind of under the hood calling, you know, 50 EDM experts that you have never heard of and asking them. And then we get from them kind of here's a good you know, thing that, you know, you should check out. So so it is kind of based on that same Principle, but more like using the wisdom of the crowd to actually find out what's good for you. Uh, but, but to answer your specific question, I would say there's kind of two things. So one is that you know we're, we're so big now; we have billions of playlists and we have thirty, you know, three hundred and fifty-six million users. So so the first answer is that even this unknown track that you know not a lot of people know about. Is actually very well covered in those playlists, so we, we actually mm. do know about it. We have the information, and we can then deliberately try to 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 uh, uh, figure out where that tracks match. So that's kind of one thing. And then another thing, which is also relevant, because sometimes uh, you know track is brand new, so it, maybe it was released ten minutes ago. So now, you know how, how would we possibly know? And then we actually have other t- types of technologies that go in and help out. So, for example, we would analyze the audio uh, of a track. So you could think about it as an audio fingerprint, and then use that to try to say, okay, you know, this this uh, track doesn't um, exist in, in, in enough playlists, but we still are really interested to understand how how to recommend that. So we would basically use uh, another technology, look at the look at the uh, uh, audio fingerprint, maybe look at what this artist has done before, see who liked this artist in the past who liked music that looked like that. And then by using those te- type of technologies, we can mitigate some of that uh, problems.
1: So if, if, if we rewind a little bit, to, I suppose, how you have built the service, and obviously it's been wildly successful, but I think anyone who's listening and, and who might also be in, in in the product space would be really interested to know um how you define your audience, and you 've got a lesson here build build for yourself first, but don 't build for yourself only and, and and there's a line you know it 's good to start by building for yourself because that 's where you have intuition that I suppose that makes perfect sense um, but you you do have this wonderfully diverse population of people who are the music aficionados and people who are casual listeners, and it must be really quite difficult to know where to target the products when that's the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is that is a challenge, and I think also a challenge is that as you grow and become this global company with you know 178 markets, it's it gets really really tricky because how do you compare like a someone who's really passionate about music in in you know Colombia with uh, you know someone who is uh, not so passionate about music and young. Uh, in UK so it gets really tricky so first uh, I think the first realization is that you know there are basically you know 356 million different type of people rather than a few, a few different ones and then you really have to kind of open your eyes and not think so much about do I think this is a good recommendation yes no and and you have to start uh, you know looking at the data and understanding basically your audience through data and then the the second thing that's that's really interesting is is this kind of a, um, a separation between some people are really like into music they spend a lot of time finding music creating playlists all of that and some people uh, don't and I would say the people who don't it, it's not necessarily that they don't uh, want to but for some of us we just don't have the time anymore and one thing that we've found through our research is that you often say that you know you kind of Create your taste when you're young and when you're older, you're kind of lis- continue listening to, to the same things. But what we've found is that it's more about time. So when you're young, you have the time to call your friends and listen to albums. But when you're a little bit uh, older, like myself, you know, you you spend your time, uh, you know, taking care of your kids and cleaning the house and doing dishes. So it's not that I don't want to discover new, new albums. It's that I don't have the time. And that's where, where we've found that we're able to kind of come in and, and help out and basically help those who don't really have that time to, to uh, invest. Yeah, I've seen a, a few
1: quotes on on Twitter recently that, that <laughs> resonate with that, which is kind of people saying, why is it that the tracks that I used to kind of dance in clubs to are now the tracks that I dance whilst I clean the house to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. sadly something that you, a lot of people can relate to as they get a little bit older. Yeah. Um, look, I, I mean, I've got the app open in front of me right now and I'm just kind of looking through it. And in the last year, we've seen this explosion of lists of kind of things like, you know, Based around mood and based around I suppose working from home and other bits and pieces where where does the app go? because I know that that kind of spot Spotify originals in terms of podcasts have been one particular thing kind of looking forward uh, but there's there 's only so well there 's a hell of a lot of music out there, but I suppose there 's only so much you can really do with with how you offer up music to people right. <sighs>
0: Yeah, so when I, so so there's one thing that we're working on now that I'm specifically passionate about, and uh, if you think about it, it, we really like to think about uh, uh, it as a as a journey. So basically, you as a listener, your relationship with, with music and podcast, thinking about that as a journey. So imagine that you sign up for for Spotify, and maybe when you sign up, you you know you listen to some uh, party music on on Friday sometimes. And maybe that's it and what i what I'd really like and what we would really like is that six months later when you wake up all of a sudden you realize that you know you you started to listen to news uh, when you're having breakfast you're listening to music as you're going to work when you go for a walk you're now listening to your favorite podcast so we we kind of think about this as being a journey for the for the listener where where audio becomes more and more important and more and more ingrained in your like uh, weekly routines. So so what we're working on and thinking about is like how can we how can we make our recommendation systems help you along on this journey? So thinking about it more as helping you on this 6-month journey rather than recommending you one track right now. So so part of the challenge here then becomes like how how can we try to make our systems try to optimize for your like long-term journey instead of your immediate Uh, thing now and we think about it as like trying to optimize for a fulfilling content diet Uh, and uh, to do that uh, we've been starting to invest in something called reinforcement learning which is is a methodology that is specifically good at this like path finding type of problem so instead of thinking about it as like yes I want to find the very best uh, uh, track for you in this moment that will highly likely drive a click thinking about it like what kind of recommendations should we do now that will bring you to this like greater place further down the line.
1: How have you seen users' journeys on the app itself change over the course of the year? Because I'll I'll be perfectly honest, I probably spent more time on on the app. I suppose it's changed. I probably spent more time on the app pre-pandemic because I was out out of the house. Whereas now I might ask she who shall not be named, otherwise she'll wake up in the corner of the room just to play the radio. Um, and I suppose that that might be a challenge because you, because people are in this very strange situation with lockdowns and they're coming out of lockdowns and maybe their, their habits have changed. And that's something that you're having to kind of catch up and work out what, that's, what that means for you.
0: Yeah, I would say that it has been a bit challenging because there's been a, a much more rapid like change in behavior than what normally happens. So it's not necessarily that, you know, people listen less. That's that's not what's going on. But it's challenging because people are changing their listening patterns. So, you know, for example, listening while you're driving to work used to be like a big deal. And now all of a sudden people don't anymore. So yeah. so that that gives us challenges. We're having to like figure out what's happening now. You know, how do we adapt to that? How do we, for example, how do we adapt to, you know, maybe people are listening more on their you know, uh, home speakers uh, uh, in the afternoon, whereas before they were listening more in their car in the morning. So that, that's been a bit challenging for us. And beyond that, I would say challenging too, that, you know, these behavior shifts haven't been the same in every country at the same time for the same users. So it's kind of like, oh, in, in this country over here, it's changing this way. And in this country over here, it's changing this other way. So, so that's been a little bit, uh, you know, tricky for us. And then again, also thinking what's going to happen as, you know, people go back to work again, how are things going to change then? So yeah, that, that's been tricky for sure.
1: Well, Oscar, look, I, I think it's been fascinating to find out some of the, some of the ideas that you've got coming down the, down the line. The journey certainly sounds very interesting. Uh, so good luck with that. Um, I'm sure that just about everybody listening probably does use Spotify already. Maybe they're even listening to this on Spotify. So um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today and thanks for your time. Thank you. Okay, listening back to it, um, there there is a bit towards the end of it where I say some fairly stupid stuff about not going to spend as much time on the app, which is a bit silly because of course there are lots of different ways that you can listen to Spotify, like the fact that it's on like two thousand different devices i think now and different brands for instance totally overlooked the fact that i listen to spotify through my sonos speakers so um that was a bit stupid on my part but um it is fascinating to listen to their story and especially oscar having been involved in the business for so long
2: oh yeah massively i just thought this it was just a really cool interview i just thought well obviously they're a cool company anyway but yeah like you say, just listen to their like their journey, how they've grown, the plans I thought the like towards the end of the interview and what he said about what he's sort of looking to do, or these these sort of new ideas that they have, I thought that was really cool as well um mm. but yeah, I, I thought, you know what, I don't want to call you out here, Dave, but I actually was really surprised that you have listened to Spotify less. Was that the case over this past like year?
1: you see, or- I th- think I have. Because I think I spent more time whilst I was stood on a train or on the tube.
2: Yeah, no, I get
1: Listening. That. And now, my default, I'll be perfectly honest, and this shows how uncool I am, my default is to go, Alexa, I won't say it very loudly, I'll whisper into the microphone because <laughs> otherwise she'll wake up, um, play magic radio.
2: Oh, mine's Alexa, play heart radio.
1: Um, yeah, well, you're about 15 years younger than I yeah. am, so... <laughs>
2: But no, I do know what you mean because I think obviously a lot of people, yeah, they did use it on their sort of their commute to work. And mm-hmm. if you're sat at home, just sat on your sofa, or you just wake up in the morning and get your laptop out or, or whatever whilst you're working from home, you probably wouldn't just sit there, put your headphones in and then just listen to sort of to music. I, I know a lot of people do, obviously, but yeah, you probably would put the TV on, or you might, as you said, put your Alexa or you know, some sort of device on. So yeah people have not got that time where they've just sat there sort of concentrating and just listened to music like they would have done because they're out of the house so i can see what you're saying in that sense
1: but again coming back to that point you know they they made that early bet on ubiquity it's really easy like if you open up the app and you've got it on the desktop or whatever or you you're near a chrome device it'll say on the app do you want to continue listening in the app or do you want to listen on this device or that device Mm. so they do make that experience seamless and pretty pretty intuitive really but I'm an idiot and I'm just like, who's on my phone? Uh, So there we go. Um, Found it really interesting as well that they really emphasise the power of audio because we're living in that age where it's TikTok is the thing and it's short form videos and it's, you know, if you think about phones, if you think about the latest Samsung and we had Samsung on the podcast not too long ago and they were going on about the number of um, pixels in the phone and how it was like, you know, almost like a, like a mini film studio mm-hmm. um, packed into their hardware. But Spotify are talking about news, podcasts, music, and how important audio is becoming um, to us and how ingrained it is in our lives. And there are a lot of reports saying that the audio is still the big growth area, which is bizarre. Cause you kind of think of audio as being quite old fashioned, but actually it's beginning to, morph i suppose almost into a netflix style offering of so much different kind of audio and that it isn't just music
2: yeah definitely and i think with like with um obviously with podcasts i mean podcasts have just gone crazy this year haven't they like yes that is one thing like i used to listen to podcasts here and there used to Mm -hmm. sort of tune in would, would sort of listen to one and then you know maybe it'd be sort of a couple of weeks or so until i'd sort of go back and and obviously watch another or listen to another i should say but Yeah, I think they've just gone absolutely crazy. Like so many people over the last year have started podcasts. So many that were doing sort of well already have grown and just got bigger. So that sort of side of things, I'm not surprised that they've actually done really well because it's like an escapism, isn't it? It's like people are feeling it, you know, sort of like struggling a little bit over the last year, obviously, or struggling a lot, in fact. So the fact Mm. that they can sort of listen to other people's experiences is quite sort of like cathartic or it's quite sort of relaxing. I I, I don't know. I really, yeah, I, I just, I prefer that to sort of watching something on the telly. It's just really soothing to just listen to someone's voice.
1: I think there's also that thing that, that and if we're kind of diving a little bit into podcasts very quickly, um, that whole audio experience and people doing, you know, people listening to podcasts when they're exercising, when they're out running, when they're, you know, when they were going for a walk, it's quite a personal listening experience and having, it feels quite intimate having someone mm. in your ear. And I suppose this year where we've been more disconnected than ever, that probably has helped a lot of people.
2: Mm. No, I think that's a really good point actually. I had not really looked at it in that way. I think a lot of people, especially for people, I mean, I, I can see this right. So I live on my own, obviously, as you know, and When you listen to something like that, I know you're not obviously involved in the conversation yourself, but as you said, it's quite intimate for people who might feel a little bit lonely. It's like listening to those voices for someone who might not have, I don't know, a conversation like all day to listen to voices and just, yeah, just hear people having a conversation and just tuning into that. It it could be really like comforting, I think. And I'm sure a lot of people have found comfort in that.
1: The one thing that's absolutely sure is over this year like listener habits have massively changed and I think that's quite interesting because when you're talking about this from a product point of view there's probably a lot that B2C businesses can relate to Spotify's experience because listening habits but therefore customer habits are changing patterns are changing and it's not necessarily that people I suppose are even listening more or less it's that they're listening in different ways at different times on different platforms and that must be really difficult for a, for a b2c business where their consumer base is, is shifting so quickly because obviously um you know where, where we're talking about spotify Oscar talks about the fact that where you've got 356 million different people you have to use the data you have to rely on the data to understand what they want and your data's massively changed all of a sudden in in the last 18 months
2: oh gosh yeah When you just say that figure as well like that must be i know obviously they're used to it but it just must be so overwhelming just you've just got so much data you've got so many customers like obviously they're a huge huge company but yeah just like you say it's changed so so much over the last year and people are yeah I I just I think that's you you have to be sort of quite agile and and adapt don't you Mm. it seems to say that's that's what they're doing um yeah one
1: one slightly odd admission I hadn't really thought of and I don't think I don't think it's them saying this necessarily but when I think of Spotify I think it's it's kind of like a young person's app which might be really naive and me kind of talking like that makes me sound so fucking old
2: (laughs) no I see (laughs) what you mean I I do see what you mean I think it's weird because my mum downloaded Spotify the other day, right? And she's used to it. I was, yeah, I was a bit sort of taken aback.
1: Not that, but it's very, very much kind of like you know, the preserve of the late teens to early 20s, right? Is yeah. in my mind. But what Oscar says almost makes it sound like they're playing for older users, they're there for people who don't have time. We come in and we help out. And he says, you know, when you're young you've got more time to listen to music, to chat to your friends, to listen to albums, to share that kind of stuff. And that Spotify's there for people when they've got kids, when they've got when they've got other stuff, when they're doing the dishes, when they haven't got time to make that musical discovery anymore. It was almost like he didn't say we're building for slightly older people who are time short, but it's kind of what he said.
2: Mm. Yeah, and it's weird, isn't it? Because you'd never think that. I mean, as you said, I'm the same as you. I probably like associate Spotify with being... Yeah, like for for younger people, basically. So, I would never have said that they're sort of they're targeting at people who are like time short, maybe a little bit older. And like you said, he's not necessarily said that, but definitely no, that's kind of the way. It's I'm, going. Sure, I'm sure
1: Spotify would, would if they listened to this bit, they would go absolutely not. That's not what we meant. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what if you read between the lines, hey, eh, that's the kind of person that you, you're building for. And I think that's quite interesting. I also don't know whether I agree with him. I think I think you know, loads of interesting insight here. I think I listen to more albums now than I did when I was younger.
2: Yeah, I think I'm a bit more experimental with like my music choices, but that's probably not me. That's just because of obviously. Well, I guess it's what they're aiming to do. But say I listen to an album or I listen to some music, and then they also suggest more stuff. Whereas, like, what you made the point, didn't you, about if you were in like a record shop and you'd be browsing and sort of looking through things? Um, Mm. And and obviously, trying to sort of replicate that experience. See, I probably wouldn't do that. I wouldn't like go to like a record shop or I don't know, go to like a HMV or whatever and sort of look at CDs or, or you know, and sort of browse and, and just sort of give things a go. But because of Spotify, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, you know, keep this track on, I'll listen to it. And then it opens up so many different like artists that I would never have even considered.
1: Or I know when I was a teenager, I, I did used to go to like HMV and just buy random albums.
2: Yeah, I, I used
1: to go to. It was always Woolworths. <laughs> yeah, what a Shop. Yeah, it was a great um, Shop. Uh, pick and mix at Woolworths. No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's that thing. Like, I'll, I'll read the the tracks of the week in the Guardian. It is obviously you don't have to invest in anything. And it's easy to do. But like, they'll they'll list their tracks of the week or their album of the week, and I'll be like, all right, I'll give it a listen.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: and there was a guy that I started listening to recently, like Declan McKenna. And it's, it's a really good album and it's a bit kind of Bowie-esque and I would have never listened to it without that random kind of, I suppose it is a bit like your mate who's really into music going, you should listen to this. And we've probably all got one. Like one of my mates, one of my best mates was, um, in fact my best man for that, for that matter was uh, the music editor for the student paper at university and has a ridiculous collection of music. And you should never, ever, ever go up against him in a pop quiz if there's a music round because (laughs) he'll get like a 20 point advantage and the rest of the quiz doesn't really matter. Um, but everyone's got a friend like that who can be like, I think you'll
2: like this. Yeah. And you just go with it, don't you? And it's kind of like that. It's like you just trust their opinion. Like if they suggest a yeah. song, I'm like, no, I'd hate that. More often than not, I just give it a go because I know it's based on my data of songs that I've like previously listened to or albums that I've listened to and that I've liked. So if they suggest yeah. something, more often than not, I just kind of go with it and just give it a go. And then I probably like do like it.
1: Yeah. My mates always joke that if it's electronic and French, I'll probably like it. So Daft Punk, the Queens <laughs> very, kind of very
2: niche. That Dave, I probably wouldn't like that to be honest. <laughs> you don't like Christine and the Queens? Uh, no, I can't say I do. Do you even know what? No, we're you about? know what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say That's that. I, was so gonna say, I don't like them, but I actually don't know who you're talking about. But I will <laughs> after this go and have a listen and see who it is.
1: That's bad,
2: <laughs> and I, it was worse. I tried to sort of pretend I did,
1: but no oh dear, right, okay, uh, look, anyone who's interested to dig a bit deeper, um, you can unpack more of their key product strategy decisions on a podcast mini series that Spotify themselves have actually launched, so Spotify a product story. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back. uh going to talk about sharks. Oh. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realized he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe could be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. So this is tech related, I promise. Um, Basically, I spotted this on Twitter this Uh morning. Um, Because of drones, right? Right. Uh, are discovering just how many great white sharks are always around in southern california so great white sharks were thought to be rare but drone photography that has basically devoured the notion and the encounters with great white sharks have always been happening um which in a way is good for sharks because it shows that they very rarely actually attack but also it's slightly terrifying to realise that quite often they're there and we're just completely unaware.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. That is a bit terrifying. Um
1: yeah. Without drone footage, we just wouldn't know. And the, the, the picture on Twitter is a, is someone on a surfboard and a great white, kind of maybe 20 feet away, and the guy's just on the surfboard, like, you know, chill.
2: Oh, God. I tell yeah, you what, that's that will give me nightmares because... I'm really, I'm really a bit of a wimp when it comes to the sea. Anyway, like you know, when you have to put really? your feet down, yeah, like I'll oh, do it, but I'm always like so reluctant to like put my feet down. First of all, it's just that idea of like fear of the unknown, not knowing what is underneath my feet.
1: You know, I get that. I totally get that. And I was, I was very scared for a very long time. Um, I kind of shock therapy got over that when I went to the Maldives a few years ago, and it was like I can't not. Try, I tried. I tried scuba. I'm rubbish. Yeah,
2: like, but is <laughs> the, like the Maldives has got like crystal clear water where you can probably like see what's underneath or what's like at the bottom anyway. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, well, let's 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 dive into this. <laughs> let's talk about this <laughs> because when you snorkel in the Maldives, you swim out through a house reef and you swim through a little channel. And uh, the island we were on, they were like swim. On the outside of the reef, mm-hmm. because so, so you don't get pushed up against the rocks and, and you're trapped basically in low tide. So you're swimming over the ocean drop off. So, yes, it's crystal clear and you can see, but it is just an expanse of blue on like 180 degrees of one side of you going down and off into the distance, right. which you're like, anything could kind of come out of that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's the bit that terrifies me. Yes. Yeah, no. But, <laughs> but
1: it's also incredible because the colours are insane. And then you do see sharks and you go, oh, it's a shark. And actually, it's quite cool. And if you swim towards them, they swim away.
2: See, I think it's one of those things. If I were to do it, I probably would be like, have that reaction and think, oh, my God, it's a shark. That's amazing. But the thought of it, yeah.
1: So when you're in the water, understand. it is like, whoa, you know, we're talking about black tip reef sharks. Like, they're not small, they're like five foot. So they're not. You're we talking there. like a great,
2: great white shark. No, 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 no no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Like in the Maldives, I think, I, I don't think you get, I mean, great whites are, are more kind of like temperate waters, I think. So you're talking about kind of the Mediterranean of South Africa, obviously, Southern California, Australia. But you get like, um I'm pretty sure you get bull sharks in the Maldives which are basically small great whites and they're still pretty big like seven foot and tiger sharks which are quite scary um you wouldn't want to come across them but you could but you also get like white tips and black tip reef sharks and the white tips are pretty big and the black tips are you know they're still pretty, they're still big they're big fish they're they're like five foot long But the reaction is not terrifying. It's kind of like, that's quite exciting. But anyway, the whole point about this, drones, the sea is kind of unknown. And isn't it amazing that we just had no idea? And it's good because the sharks aren't eating people all the time. It's dispelling that myth that they're just man-eaters. That's true. And also it shows that there are more of them in the sea, which is a good thing, because we thought we'd basically hunted them to extinction and the numbers were tiny. Yeah, so
2: you know what? This is only good news. Thank you. It is. Thank you, Twitter, for bringing this to our attention.
1: Also, slightly scary.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, still scary. But
1: I don't like. that I don't understand people that go surfing off or South Africa. I never will.
2: Oh no. You, yeah, there are some things in life that I probably just will never do. And as much as I'd like to say that I would give everything a go, I probably will never go surfing. Yeah. In, in what was it? South, uh, Southern California.
1: South Africa. Oh yeah. Well, surfing generally, it's kind of like an advert to a shark.
2: Yeah, that's true. You're like bait. I look,
1: um, I look like a seal.
2: Yeah, so you just, it's, it can only end in trouble, can't it? So, um, <laughs> and also, I just know I'd fall off and I'd just be useless, so. Um,
1: but if you yeah. fell off, you'd probably be fine. i would be like, oh, that's just an idiot. That's, yeah.
2: yeah but then if you get eaten by a shark when you fall off, that's when you've got a problem.
1: There we go. All right, fine. Anyway, so, bit of random tech. Tech, tech, let's say an in inverted commas news, <laughs> but I thought it was quite cool. Um, so, yes. Amber, thank you very much for Uh, joining me on today's podcast Spotify for being our guests. we'll be back on Tuesday with the 400th episode of the show